0: Hey guys, welcome back to Accelerated Real Estate Investor. This is Josh, uh, and today I'm very excited to be back with you in another episode of Accelerated Investor. I hope you've been enjoying it. If you are, please share, share, help us build the community. Don't forget to join our Facebook group, and also don't forget to share this on Instagram and YouTube and, and Facebook and Twitter, and just tell everybody about these Accelerated Real Estate Investor podcasts so that we can build the community and help each other. Uh, Today, I'm interviewing a relatively new friend of mine. His name is Tom Lani. He is the CEO of Stress-Free Planning, and he is able to help many high-profile, self-employed clients in various industries find financial security through various insurance products. As a former financial advisor, I found my relationship with Tom to be something that you'll benefit from. Tom has created something which what he calls the Bulletproof Wealth Strategy to help real estate investors protect their income and to grow their wealth by taking advantage of two main core programs. Uh, First of all is what we call disability income benefits. And secondly is what's called an overstuffed or overfunded whole life insurance policy. I believe in both of these very much. I own both. I use both as part of my own wealth accumulation strategy, and Tom is an expert at this. Reminds me a lot of some of the stuff I used to do in my early 20s with high net worth clients. So I had a blast interviewing Tom. I really hope you enjoy it. Take a listen to this accelerated real estate investor interview with Tom Lonnie discussing the Bulletproof Wealth strategy.
1: Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you're looking to retire early with forever passive income, you're in the right place. This podcast is the go-to destination for real estate investors, both active and passive, and multifamily apartment investors, both new, intermediate, and advanced. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast.
0: So hey guys, welcome back to Accelerated Investor and I am really excited because I've just been joined uh, by Tom Lani. Tom, thanks so much for joining us today on Accelerated Investor. Been looking forward to this. I'm a former financial advisor. It's how I got my education in finances and real estate. You're a phenomenal financial planner and advisor. I was looking forward to this interview for a long time. Thanks for joining me today on Accelerated Investor.
2: Josh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to add value to your group. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So for my audience, so uh, is all of you that are investing in real estate, both residential and commercial, uh, you know, I like to have guests that can add value to your practice, but not necessarily learn another real estate strategy or another way to optimize your multifamily properties. What you need to be doing is also diversifying your income, diversifying your investments. So that's what we're going to talk today about with Tom. So Tom, you're the CEO of Stress-Free Planning. You've created this strategy, this kind of concept called Bulletproof Wealth. Um, When you think about Bulletproof Wealth and you're talking to a client, like talk to me like, like maybe I am a client, what is Bulletproof Wealth? What's the philosophy that you use to help your clients be better investors and really protect themselves?
2: So Josh, that's an awesome question. What uh, the question I would ask you is, where are you saving money now? So my in my clients, love to save money in a bank account okay and I think you might think why would anybody want to save money in a bank account it's a terrible place to put money well it has a one huge advantage and that is liquidity you can get access to that money when a deal comes along and that is the thing that most real estate investors need is to be positioned to take advantage of a great deal when it comes along right? But it doesn't have any other advantages. There's no, there's no other advantages to saving money in a checking or savings account. So that is why I created this strategy to really figure out how to help real estate investors position their capital to where it's doing something for them if they don't have a deal right now. But when a deal comes along, they're able to jump on it. So it's a line of credit The primary element of it is a line of credit that is inside of a specially designed life insurance policy that grows and grows and grows every year, and it allows people to have access to it like in five to seven days, five days by wire, seven days by check if you need it and you have guaranteed access to it. That's the core of what it is. And here's the beauty of it is, is that you're not taking your money out of this line of credit. It's a collateralization. So what you're doing is you're borrowing against the line of credit and your money's still compounding and growing inside of this vehicle and you're able to also have it in the investment that you want of your choice. So there is no risk inside of what I'm doing. The risk is in whatever investment that you're doing. Does that make sense, Josh? So a a couple of reasons that it's bulletproof is that I love to talk about disability insurance uh, and that's because that's the reason I got into this job. And there's an element to my strategy that if you can't work for whatever reason through a disability, then the required amount to keep the thing going is paid for you. It's a thing called a disability waiver premium and I build that into everything that I do. So that's kind of the core of it. There's a lot more nuance to it, but the reality is, is that it is figuring out how to position your money so that you can understand how to make money like banks make money.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about Have how banks thought- make money, Tom. <laughs> let's talk about this for a second well, because well, banks take money in on deposit, they pay correct through money markets, savings and CDs of paltry yep. paltry half a percent, 1%, 2% if you're lucky. And then banks lend that money back out. And of course, there's what's known as fractional reserve banking. So they get to do that multiple times over. And so what we're trying to do with your strategy is essentially not have to put our money in the bank and have the bank make money, but to allow ourselves to kind of create our own concept within a very tax advantaged situation. So how does this compare to and how do you compare and contrast this to what banks do with how they make money versus how we can do this for ourselves?
2: Exactly, that's a great question. Okay, so here's what it is. When you go, let's just pretend, Josh, that you went to a bank with a with a little bag and that bag had $100,000 of cash in it. When you deposit that money, with a bank, the bank would consider that a liability. Most people get that backwards and they think, oh, that's an asset to the bank because now they've got this money. The reality is that's a liability because like you just said, they have to turn around and pay an interest on that. Now that interest is terrible, I mean really low, like a lot of times it's less than a quarter of a point. And if you look at the taxation on that interest, that is taxed as ordinary income. Okay. So not only is it low, but it's also taxed as well. So if you put in a hundred thousand dollars and you got a quarter of a percent on that money rate of return after one year, that would be two hundred and fifty dollars that would then be taxed at your ordinary income. Is that a mind blower?
0: That's a mind blower. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> so low. They're like a hundred thousand uh, dollars. <laughs> I'm used to talking to my investors about like total return between preferred returns, cash out refi proceeds, cash flow and equity of like 20 to 30 to 40 percent in some deals, and yeah, for me to think, like, wait, yeah, I'm thinking that, yeah, 20, 25 basis points, 0.25 percent,
2: 250 bucks. <laughs> That's right. 250 bucks. So let me ask, So this is what happens. So then you deposit that $100,000 with the bank. They pay you $250 for the use of your money. Now, when they get an asset is when along comes a lender who wants to borrow that money from the bank. Now, what is the bank going to charge on that money? They're going to charge, I don't know, depending on your credit rating could be like, let's just say it's five and a quarter percent for the use of that $100,000. Now, when you see a bank paying out 25 basis points for the use of the money and you see them getting five and a quarter percent, really what's happening behind the scenes is on a rate of return basis, most people look at that and they go, well, they're paying a quarter, they're making five and a quarter, that must be 5% rate of return, right? But that is not the way it works at all with a traditional bank what they're really doing is they're paying $250 and making $5,250 which is a 20x multiple on their return which means that their actual rate of return when you run it through a financial calculator is 2000%. 2000%. And by the way, it wasn't
0: any of their money, it was the money that <laughs> their client put on deposit with them. Phenomenal. Exactly. Phenomenal to be a bank. So,
2: how do it's, we it's do phenomenal to be a bank. So yeah, exactly So I try to teach people Number one, how banks make money Because they kind of Their mind is blown a little bit When the scales fall off And they realize that banks aren't You know, nickel and diming here That's why they have the biggest buildings That's why they have fountains In front of their buildings That's why there's 10 people in every bank Sitting around doing essentially nothing But watching daytime TV With the volume all the way down And that's why they give you like a dum-dum When you walk out the door too Um, I'm telling you It is unbelievable just to understand that one thing. So how do you get in the position of being the bank is you've got to start saving your money in a place that you can lend it out to yourself or anyone else. I do private lending myself, so I love to find deals where I am earning a higher rate of return than I am um, paying for the use of the money, just like a bank does. You're arbitraging it. Exactly, Josh. So the way that I try to structure deals is that, for, for example, for private lending, I look for three points origination fee and one point a month. Okay, So that is an average rate of return of 15%. So if I am paying an insurance company 5%, for example for the use of their money, okay, and then I'm making 15%, let's just put numbers to it on $100,000, that would be me paying the insurance company five grand, right, 5%, and me making $15,000. So if I'm paying the insurance company five and I'm making 15 on the deal, then that would be an awesome deal because what is the rate of return on that? That's a doubling of my money, a 2x, so that's a 200% rate of return, okay? And that's the position that I want all of my clients to be in is to be able to make two, 300% rates of return by using OPM, in this case, the other people's money, is the insurance company's money instead of using their own money. Now, oh, by the way the money inside your policy gets a dividend every year and it is compounding and growing inside there every year and giving you a larger amount of collateralized access every policy anniversary when you make another deposit to it. Does that make sense? So that's not even factored into the rate of return.
0: Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast guys. So I bought into this concept. I started doing financial planning when I was 21. I got my series six, 63, 60, uh, 66 life and health license started just basically selling whole life insurance. Right. And now the market's changed. I've been out of the market since 2005 and life insurance companies, although they're kind of slow, stodgy, they've got lots of money. They're institutional investors and in commercial deals, but they innovate, right? They create new products. So Tom, tell yep. me about what's out there now, because many people think, well, if I invest in the market, I'm going to buy a mutual fund. And there's what's mm-hmm. known as variable life or variable whole life policies, variable universal life policies. How is this different than just buying a whole life policy, right? Because yeah, that, you're that's talking awesome about question. using a vehicle that you're using for a financial reason, not just to in quote-unquote insure your life, in case you die, mm-hmm. your spouse, your kids, your loved ones have money to bury you and have money to pay their expenses. You're really taking this from a whole different perspective which is using it as a financial tool to get yep. money on your side of the table, to get advantage on your side of the table, and life insurance just happens to be the strategy, it just happens to be the vehicle that allows you to do that. So help everybody understand the difference between just buying insurance from an insurance salesman versus infinite banking and really doing this for the financial reason, not necessarily just buying this for quote unquote life insurance.
2: Okay, Josh, that's okay. I love that question. So the reality is, is that there's, 512 ways to mess up the <laughs> implementation of this strategy. And what you're, what you're attempting to do is you're attempting to gain the maximum tax advantages because there's huge tax advantages with life insurance if it's properly structured, but still. Uh, you're 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 getting the maximum tax advantages and you're putting in as much money as humanly possible for the least amount of life insurance. So you're maxing out the contributions for the least amount of face value or death benefit. So what that means is that like a term insurance policy, what you're essentially doing is putting the very lowest amount of premium dollars in for the highest amount of potential death benefit. But oh, by the way, 99 point something, percent of the time they never pay out okay because there's a very low risk on the insurance company because they don't sell those to people who they think they're going to pass away during that term they don't gamble
0: insurance companies don't don't gamble gamble.
2: if you saw the departments the
0: floors of actuaries (laughs) running numbers they don't insure people who are going to die they insure exactly. people with a very low risk, very low mortality risk. So
2: Exactly. So w- there's a bunch of stuff that you threw out there, but you, you mentioned uh, variable universal life, indexed universal life, and those variants of universal life are really an attempt to combine life insurance with an investment-like return. All right, but you're also taking risk, right? You're either, with variable, you are literally putting it into a mutual fund loaded on top of an insurance policy. And with indexed, you're mimicking an index like a point-to-point on the S&P 500 or something of that nature. And usually there's caps and floors and they keep adjusting them every year. Um, And there's a lot of associated risk with having all of your money earning zero returns, okay? So the way that I help real estate investors Understand this is would it feel good if you bought an apartment complex and every tenant decided to pay you zero for a whole year? I mean, you would be you would be like, what the heck is going on here? This is not gonna work. That's an indexed universal life policy at a zero floor. So what I'm doing is I'm combining life insurance with a place to save money. So it's like life insurance and a savings account instead of life insurance and a risk-based asset together. Because the risk that you're taking is what you choose to put the money into. So the way that I do this, and this is totally different than the standard whole life insurance policy is that we use a vehicle called paid up additions and those paid up additions essentially allow you to overfund your policy and put in extra money, especially at the beginning. Um, And then you can overfund it every year after that as well but the first year you have the option to put in an additional lump sum without causing it to be a modified endowment contract. And that's where you lose your tax advantages is if it becomes what they call a MEC anyway um, so the way that I structure these is hey let's put in as much money as possible that way you have access to as much on a percentage basis as possible that you put in and then you after 30 days have this line of credit established that you can then collateralize take that money and put it into whatever investment vehicle you want and still have your money growing inside the life insurance policy love it does that make sense
0: absolutely so Thomas it's interesting. I remember meeting with back when I was a financial planner, advisor, I had capital under management assets that I managed that were in the market, managed accounts. And I sold exactly what you're talking about. And I remember thinking a few years ago, I've been out of the industry now for 15 years, but I still have my policy that I set up for myself, Mm -hmm. which is exactly like what you're talking about. So I'm proud of this at a very young age, but I still think back about some of my clients, it's been 15 years. A lot of them I've lost touch with, you know, uh, but I I hope. anytime somebody asks me, I have insurance. Should I keep it? The answer is always absolutely yes. Um, or somebody says, "Hey, I've met with a a life insurance guy. He wants me to buy this overfunded life policy thing." Is what Josh? What do you think about this? I'm like, absolutely do it. Um, I remember having a client who passed away and. The the wife inherited a big chunk of money from his his policy, and she said to me, "Well, Josh, what should I do with this? It's like four or five hundred thousand dollars. What should I do with it?" I said, "What you should do for sure is overfund a life insurance policy for your twenty year old son." And she said, "What? What do you mean? Why would I buy insurance on my twenty year old?" And I explained to her exactly what you're. Telling our audience. And I still think about her often, and I hope that she kept that policy and kept funding it the way she was supposed to. She worked Mm -hmm. with the advisor that took over my account and started, you know, doing that because now that young guy would be probably in his late 30s and he would have this vehicle set. And oh, by the way, because the policy was bought at such a young age, his cost of insurance was so low. That this is a vehicle, an amazing opportunity to do exactly what you're talking about, and have you know tax, tax-free income, he could borrow from it the rest of his life, super low cost of insurance. And so I want to yes. tell my followers and subscribers, and everybody that listens to this, my students, like you need to diversify out of real estate. I'm not saying go diversify in the stock market. It's a little bit of a gamble. I'm not a big fan, but like this type of insurance is something not only is there death benefit. Not only is that going to give your family some flexibility if you did pass away, you have immediate cash, then you could sort out all your real estate investments after you're gone because real estate is not super liquid. Uh, but to take dollars, I've got one guy, Tom, who every year is like, Josh, I need $200,000 out of my, uh, my investments with you in real estate because I got to put the money back in my life insurance policy for a week and then I got to pull the money right back out. And I'm like, all right. his name is Larry. I'm like, Larry, fantastic. I know what he's doing. I love it. He's (laughs) doing a fantastic job. So so help me understand, Tom, like if somebody were to start doing this in their 30s or 40s and Mm -hmm. they do it for, you know, they overfund it for a number of years, let's say five, seven years, they overfund it. Conceptually, what does that thing look like? What options does it give them? What benefit does it give them? Not only now, but then when they are retired, when they are closer to mortality, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. a tool that has different uses. Like today, it might have a use for tax benefits, tax savings, and to pull money out, loan the money to yourself, do a real estate deal. Then as you get older, retired, you're not as an active as a real estate investor, but it's got these tax benefits. Eventually, you don't have to put any money into it. Just talk to some of those benefits as well.
2: So... The way that I describe that is that you're going up the mountain, that means you're in an accumulation phase, you're accumulating assets, you're accumulating real estate, investments, um, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, but very few people know how to get back down the mountain or, you know, safely get money back out of those things there's never a plan for that and there's very few advisors that specialize in that and the reason is is because there's not any money in getting safely back down the mountain there's all the money is in the wrap fees the AUM fees all of the fees that you can charge to be able to manage other people's money so my investor not investors but my my clients um, are not I never use the I word for what I do. It's not an investment at all. It is life insurance. But what it does is it positions your money to where when you get to retirement, we shut off all premium payments through the use of a concept called a reduced paid up election, which is one of the things that you can do. And what that does is it stops any new premiums from going in. No more can come in. And the cash... Inside there, the cash value keeps growing and producing dividends and it provides a tax-free retirement income when you do it properly. So for you know compliance reasons, I have to say tax advantaged, but in reality what happens is let's just say your 35 year old um, had a million five at retirement. And it was in his cash value. What we would do is, let's say he had put in six hundred thousand. That was his basis in his cumulative premium outlay over the last, you know, thirty-two years. Now he's sixty-eight. He's put in six hundred thousand, but he has one point five million. So what we do is we annuitize the basis coming out first on an annual basis, and then once we hit basis, we switch to collateralized loans that just keep accruing and accruing and accruing. And guess what, Josh? They never get paid back ever because the the life insurance company is guaranteeing a death benefit. And what they do if you end up with let's say a $7 million death benefit with $5 million of accrued loans at age 90, then what you're going to end up with is your beneficiary would get $2 million because the insurance company pays back their loans first and then they give the difference to the beneficiary. And it's just genius the way it works.
0: I love that. I love that. In my newest real estate investing book, The Flip System, You'll learn the proven secrets and strategies that I've used to be a successful real estate investor. You'll also hear the story of my journey from quitting my job to doing over 2000 units of apartments. The flip system is now available for a limited time, and you can grab your free copy at getflipsystem.com/podcast you'll learn the same proven principles and secrets and investing strategies that I used to quit my job and pursue a life of financial freedom. In this book, I'm sharing exactly how I was able to personally close over 750 profitable real estate deals, make over 400 private lender loans, raise over $30 million, and acquire over 2,000 units of cash-flowing apartments. Get my newest book now for free, at GetFlipSystem.com slash podcast. That's GetFlipSystem.com slash podcast. So I'm super familiar with all of this, and it's it brings back these great <laughs> memories of all my time in that industry and the people that I met and the clients that I had. Um, but let me just That's spit cool. this back to all of our our, our our listeners so they understand. So when, when Tom's talking about you get to the point of retirement. Nobody knows how to climb back down the mountain. It's how do you spend your money without outliving your money? Now, exactly. hopefully everybody has you know massive portfolios of real estate, that cash flow, you're never going to outlive it. But what Tom just talked about was the premiums that went in, as long as they're f- the first thing to come out, that's principal. So it's non-taxable because you're pulling it back out first. Then over and above that six hundred thousand is your borrowing your profit or your gain, if you will. You're borrowing that, that's non-taxable. Then when you pass away, those loans are paid off through the death benefit, the remaining death benefit, the difference between the five million in loans and the seven million of value, your your heirs get the additional two million also tax free
2: correct it's just like unbelievable the way that this works josh i'm so i get so passionate about it because there's nothing that works like this so the closest thing in the financial world that is similar to this would be a tax-free muni bond portfolio So you've got a municipal bond portfolio that is guaranteed so you can get guaranteed muni bonds that have a tax-free growth to them. And then you would collateralize that and use a margin loan on that. But it would not have the disability waiver and it wouldn't have a death benefit. But that is the most similar thing to what I'm doing that I've ever been able to come up with. But in general, there's nothing that works like this.
0: Yeah. There just just isn't. Is there a time or an age, in your opinion, where somebody might be too young or too old
2: to have this work for yeah. them? So, uh, great question. So, Josh, here's how it works. When people are... In their early 20s for example their cost of insurance is super low but they're usually never making a lot of money and the amount of insurance that you can qualify for is based on only two variables it's based on your age and your income because they give you a um, what's called a a 4% income replacement ratio is in general how life insurance works and that means that if you were making a hundred thousand dollars and you were to pass away Way, how big of a check would you have to give to your beneficiary for them to be able to replace your income earning a 4% rate of return? Okay, I know that sounds complicated, but it's really not. Um, So in other words, you know, $2 million of face value would provide an $80,000 return at 4%. Um, basically, it is it is for every million, it's $40,000 of income replacement. So the thing about it is young people in general don't qualify to buy, buy very much life insurance in their early 20s. So the ultimate time to do this is in their late 20s when they're starting to hit their stride and earn some good money. Um, and they're still super healthy and they're making good money and they can just sock it away. I will say, man, that there's so few people... <laughs> that are in their late 20s that have the foresight to do this, though. I mean, I, I do have some clients in their late 20s. Um, but man, most of my clients average between 40 and I would say 57 to late 50s is where I kind of live Is the 40 to 58, 59-year-old. Because the other end of the spectrum, once you get into your 60s, the cost of insurance becomes so high um, that And you have such a limited window to fund it that it just really, the compound growth inside of it is more of a challenge to make the numbers work. So, so. so
0: clients, I'm assuming those people in their 40s to mid-50s, they're kind of yes. in their peak earning years. They're yep. also doing a lot of uh, financial planning for college, private high school, retirement. Yep. They're thinking about these things. It's important to them. You know, maybe their cost of insurance is a little bit more. Uh, some of those people, like a lot of my friends, have experienced some sort of now medical issue uh, where their cost of insurance might go up a little bit. However, uh, in the long term, if you're looking at buying something like this in your mid-40s and still living till, let's say, you're 90, it's still a 45-year mm-hmm. window to have a vehicle like this benefit you and your family and your business. Totally. It's phenomenal. Some of my most successful passive real estate investor clients who invest passively with me are doing this exact thing with a big part of their portfolio. Some of the smartest guys I know have massive, massive overfunded life insurance policies. Great, great stuff. Um, yeah. So Tom, as we kind of round third and head for home here, uh, you know, you've know, you been a successful entrepreneur. You've done lots of amazing things. Uh, you know, Your bio is amazing. People that don't know, Tom used to be in the music industry and had was a recording engineer, uh, actually had yes. an accident where he lost some of his hearing, had to get out of that. Um, but it was a pretty, worked with some amazing bands, uh, REM, Bruce Springsteen, Amy Grant, just amazing, amazing stuff. It's been around a lot of successful people, Tom. You've had a couple different yeah. successful careers. So I just ask you kind of last and final question just around advice, right? Advice yeah. about being an entrepreneur, advice about being successful. What do you think are some of the things that you see in your clients or in yourself uh, yeah. or in some of the bands that you've worked with, uh, what are some of the keys to being successful? What do you think are some of the things that stand out, the things that you've witnessed or the things that you've done in your own personal life that kind of create an environment for success?
2: Okay, I love that question. So the the main thing I would say, and this is what I've seen, and I literally have m- several hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients that I see who is the most successful and who isn't. So I get a really wide uh, perspective here on this. And the people, in my opinion, that are the most successful are people who take the risk and join some sort of a mentoring club of some si- some sort where they're around people that are doing what they wanna do at a higher level than they're doing it at. So if you can surround yourself with a mentor, um, and, and really be able to focus your energy on, hey, I'm gonna humble myself, I don't have it all figured out, I'm going to be willing to learn um, and know that I don't even know what I don't know and join some sort of a, you know, e- either, like I, I've been around a lot of multifamily investor, um, mentor groups that are just amazing and single family, self-storage, Um, you know, mobile home parks, there's private lending mentor groups, there's note investing mentor groups. There's just like all of these different things. You want to get in with people who know what they're doing. That would be my biggest advice. You know, if I had to go back and start over again, honestly, that is how I ended up being really successful in the music business tying it back into that josh is that back when i was doing this was in the i graduated high school in 83 and i started as a professional in the music industry around 89 when i got out of college or 80s maybe 88 and um I did something that was very unique, and that is, is that I got to be an assistant engineer on some really high-end world-class records. Um, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever heard of ZZ Top, do you know that band? So. (laughs) So when I started at Ardent Recordings in the 80s, ZZ Top was recording Eliminator. So I got to be friends with the band and I got to just be around when these people were really doing the behind the scenes crafting of what was going on. And I remember, I'll never forget this, as a young wannabe engineer walking into recording ZZ Top's Eliminator record and seeing all these tiny, teeny little guitar amps. I mean, they were this big. And I'm thinking, what in the heck is going on here? Because their guitar sounds are just legendary, amazing guitar sounds. But their producer had figured out that the best guitar sounds come from these little boutique, rare, one off amps that would be like a 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, early Fender models that were just. Even even Sears created an amp uh, that had like five watts. And that throughout my whole recording career of 29 years is the one that I've stayed with the whole time. And I learned that. I never would have figured that out in a zillion years, but I learned that by walking in on that session, you know. And I ended up getting to work with Joe Walsh extensively from the Eagles and really had a great relationship with him. And I learned some really unique things about how he does he crafts his tone. Um, it's so funny, man, because he, he has like this alter ego where he pretends to the world like he's just a stoned drunk guy, right? But in the reality, he's sharp as a tack and he, that is a persona, okay? Wow. okay? So he could not have the longevity he has or have the chops he has if he couldn't turn that off and get down to business, right? Um, So I learned a lot of stuff from him as well. So anyways, I would say get around people who know what they're doing, you know, and and literally back to my strategy, do not call your local state farm agent and say, hey, I heard about this strategy and I really want a whole life policy. I have clients that are state farm agents, okay? If that tells you what's going on behind the scenes, they have no ability or clue how to do this and they can't do it because only a few select companies really have the design parameters to allow my strategy to really work to its fullest capacity.
0: So, Tom, before we let you go, uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of our listeners, students, audience that's going to want to learn more about this strategy, get in touch with you directly, uh, start setting these kind of investment strategies up. Uh, Where can they get more information and how can
2: they reach you? Great question, Josh. So all you need to do is go to stressfreeplanning.com, stressfreeplanning.com, and you put your name and email address in there, and then immediately you will get access to a bunch of free video video education. So you can at a, on a very low pressure way, without having any stress, without having me bug you, you can learn the strategy, and then there's a place there to book a time to talk with me in that in that video page if you want. I also am running like webinars very frequently as well. So if you want to do that, you can sign up for a webinar at stressfreeplanning.com as well.
0: Yeah, fantastic stuff, Tom. Listen, I really enjoyed getting to know you and having this interview. Thank you so much for joining us today on Accelerated Investor.
2: Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Take care.
0: So great. I really hope you enjoyed that interview. I'm so excited that you've been listening to the Accelerated Real Estate Investor podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, whether it's on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you catch your podcast episodes, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you never ever miss another episode as soon as it's released. Also do me a favor, I would be so grateful if you would go back into the social networks, go back into iTunes and YouTube and leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review. Help us share the word, tell us some feedback, give me a review and let me know how we're doing. I'm always looking to improve the show, and I really look forward to hearing your feedback so we can make it even better and better as we build this community. Also, don't forget to go into Facebook and search for the Accelerated Real Estate Investor Group. It's absolutely free to join. Go ahead and jump in and join that group now. It's absolutely free. You'll get free training and free information inside of that group every single week by yours truly. Thank you so much for joining us today on Accelerated Real Estate Investor. Hey, Josh here. And do you want to win a free Accelerated Investor t shirt? All you have to do is give Accelerated Investor, our podcast, Accelerated Investor, a rating and a review on iTunes. Okay, do that now. Then send us a screenshot on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. What we're going to do then is every week we're going to pick our favorite rating and review. And we're going to send that person a free t-shirt and maybe, again, some other cool, fun stuff as well from Accelerated Investors. So, again, don't forget to take a screenshot. Leave a rating, review, take a screenshot, send it to us so we know exactly who you are. And then once a week, every week on the podcast, we will announce a new winner. Don't forget to take a screenshot and send it to us so we know exactly who you are. We'll announce a new winner every week.
1: just listening to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, help us build the AI community by leaving a review and five-star rating on our iTunes podcast channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. To see passive investing opportunities, visit freelandventures.com slash passive. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of with multifamily apartments, apply for one-on-one coaching with Josh at www.joshcantwellcoaching.com.